Now we're going to read the word of God. I'm reading tonight from the lovely Psalm 91. The words will come up on the screen. We would encourage you to uh, join in and follow in the Bible reading. And if you have a copy of your own scriptures, as we said many times, you read that as well. And we trust and pray the Lord will help you as you see and hear the words tonight. Let's hear the word of God. Psalm 91, reading, of course, from the authorized version. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flieth by day nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold, and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. May the Lord be pleased to stamp with his own divine approval and blessing this reading of his own infallible and inerrant word. And I commend this lovely passage of scripture to you. Now my text tonight is taken from Psalm 106 and the verse 29. It reads as follows. Thus they provoked him to anger with their inventions and the plague Break in upon them. I want us to think of those words and the plague break in upon them this evening. Now, my theme is entitled tonight Lessons from the Virus That Shook the World, or Lessons from COVID 19 One Year On. You see, on Wednesday evening past, ITV showed a documentary film entitled The Virus That Shook the World. Some of you have seen it. It is still available on iPlayer and on YouTube. But I have no doubt that all of you have heard of COVID-19. There's hardly a person in the whole world who hasn't heard of COVID-19. 
for almost a year now. It's been in the newspaper. It's been on our TV news bulletins. It's been on the radio. You've had access to it on the iPhone, the internet chat rooms, and on YouTube. So now, one year on, ITV decided to have a look back and endeavor to present a factual, broad overview of this most dangerous virus that's affecting 80 countries throughout the world. Now, sadly, regrettably, despite all the COVID-related deaths, and I'll give you the statistics later, despite all the COVID-related devastation, the loss caused to families, the loss to businesses, the loss to regional governments worldwide, the worldwide community is still no nearer the gospel truth as to when this virus all started, where it started, and who the first patient was. You see, the first patient is known as patient zero. To me, it was interesting, but also very alarming to hear in the program from a World Health Organization official. He was there in China to examine the details of this outbreak, and he said this, and I quote, In light of the impossibility of this virus, we may never know who patient zero was. Now, I believe it's clear from the evidence so far that the Chinese Communist Party controls China. And it is certain that in the first two weeks, possibly even three weeks or more, if the virus was around from early December or late November 2019, that the official government deliberately lied to their own general public. And they deliberately concealed certain cases and withheld certain facts. You see, the program makes clear that in early January 2020, the Chinese Communist Party were denying human-to-human transmissions. Residents in early January 2020 were warned not to speak to foreign journalists who came to Wuhan seeking the truth. Certain doctors and nurses and all medical staff that disagreed with the official narrative, they were chastised, detained, some were imprisoned, some disappeared. In early January 2020, the Chinese authorities reported to the Taiwanese authorities that they had seven cases of a mysterious respiratory problem, but that human-to-human transmission was not possible. The first COVID-related death in Wuhan province was reported on the 9th of January. It was a 60-year-old man a resident of Wuhan. And then two weeks later, when pressed by a Taiwanese medical official in a face-to-face meeting, 
Again, it was alleged that there's no evidence of human-to-human transmission, that there's nothing to worry about. And that was on the 19th of January, 2020, and it's there in the program. So I'm not saying anything that the program hasn't said. On the 19th of January, there was no reports of one case of COVID-19 in Wuhan, China. The Chinese New Year took place. Five million people were allowed to leave Wuhan for other parts of China and other world destinations. See, in the Chinese New Year, the Chinese people come together. And it's a lovely time of the year, and I've celebrated it with many Chinese nationals here in the United Kingdom. And also an opportunity to disperse across China and other parts of the world. And then astonishingly, on the 20th of January, a a Dr. Zhang um, Nation said that human-to-human transmissions from wild animals of a possible deadly infectious virus. That was almost three weeks after the initial outbreak. Three weeks that were critical. So I asked the question, why the silence for three weeks? Why the denial? Why after this date? Many days later, did Wuhan go into a full military lockdown? 11 million people in Wuhan were locked down. The province of Hubei was also in lockdown. A total of 57 million people were affected. Strict measures were imposed outside of wartime. Wartime. Mass testing program was initiated. Tracing apps were introduced. Widespread wearing of masks was mandatory. Strict lockdown was imposed. After this lockdown, there was the promise of international cooperation. But despite that, in the late January 2020, beginning of February 2020, the world tonight is no clearer to the biggest question of all, where did it come from and how was it possible? On the 30th of January, the first two cases were detected in the city of York in the United Kingdom. They were two Chinese nationals who'd arrived from Wuhan province. And the story unfolds if you place yourself in the vicinity of the town of Vaux in Italy or Lombardy in Italy. If we travel to Paris and Berlin and New York and many other major cities and prominent towns and villages, even to Belfast, then we think of the statistics to date. In Northern Ireland, there have been 99,886 positive cases with 1,716 COVID-related deaths to date. In the United Kingdom, it's reported that 3.62 million people have tested positive for the virus with 97,329 COVID-related deaths recorded. Worldwide, that's 98.8 million, almost 100 million positive cases 
and 2.12 million reported COVID-related deaths. Now, I've asked the question, how many did die with COVID directly? Or did people die because of COVID indirectly with underlying health conditions? We haven't got the figures. Wuhan has long since recovered. It's now been remembered as a victory, not as a disaster or defeat. If you ask the residents of Wuhan, where did the virus come from? Here's the answer, anywhere, somewhere, but not here. The suggestion that SARS-CoV-2 escaped from Wuhan Institute of Virology is met with strict and fierce denial. In fact, in an article in a science magazine this month, January 2021, Professor Shi Zhengli suggested that the virus existed outside of China before Wuhan, that it was brought to Wuhan from the outside. The United States of America is being blamed. Or here's another suggestion that the virus was imported on infected food parcels. Or another suggestion there was contact with contaminant uncooked food. It's also suggested that human-to-human -human transmissions come from a wild animal infected with the virus. But I call to the Chinese Communist Party to account. Why all the misinformation? Why did the early call about the virus go unheeded? Why was this initial outbreak not flagged up earlier? Was it because of the interest of political gain, the interest of political stability? I asked tonight, where's the evidence it came from bats to humans via another animal? I asked the question tonight, could it not have been an accident at the laboratory in Wuhan? It's interesting that in the very same city, there's a laboratory dedicated to a study of new coronaviruses with pandemic potential. What about the SARS-1 outbreak 20 years ago when Taiwan was affected greatly? Why delay the World Health Organization access? Why impose strict terms of reference? Why the months of wrangling? Why the imposition that they had to consider the virus from a foreign origin? Or consider the food chain transmission? I get the impression that politics has got in the way of truth. I get the impression that the World Health Organization's findings will end up to be a whitewash. I would call on the World Health Organization to admit that they're working under very difficult restrictions imposed upon them by the Chinese Communist Party. You see, the Chinese Communist Party have a history of omitting critical data, a history of erasing certain facts, a history of placing some of its citizens under detention, surveillance, warning them, threatening imprisonment, the loss of jobs. I could go on and on. It's been this way for decades. Think about the Great Leap Famine. Think about the Cultural Revolution. And the question remains, if this wasn't an accident at the laboratory in Wuhan, 
could have been deliberate as a tool to destroy the economies of the West and allow China to arise as a dominant world power to rival the United States of America. These are all the questions and many more that, that we seek answers from questions that are still unanswered even as a result of the program one year on. And as I watched the program, I thought to myself, what are the lessons from this virus that has shook the world? And there were three things came to mind and I wrote them down and they've been in my mind all week. Let me share them with you. Here's the first lesson. Remember the facts. You see, facts are stubborn things. Facts won't go away. You can bury them. You can deny them. But truth, of course, factual truth, factual evidence is a way of raising its head. Think of the start of COVID-19. I believe it started in Wuhan province. I believe it started in late 2018 or early 2019. Perhaps a month earlier. The first person to die was on the 9th of January, a 60-year-old man who was a Wuhan resident. The government officials informed people that there was a deadly, dangerous virus. Now, the first reaction was to deny it. And those who raised their voices were silenced. In other words, the Communist Chinese Party didn't want this message getting out. And the doctors who talked about it in the early stages has since died of COVID. And I want to compare COVID-19 with the Bible's greatest disease. It's called sin. And how did it commence? Where did it start? Well, when we study the scriptures, we get a revelation of where it started. The Bible tells us there in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And that takes us back to a place that we can pinpoint called the Garden of Eden. We can indicate the people that were there was a husband and wife team called Adam and Eve. And we can think of the pathway that led to this disease coming into the world. It involved the deceit and lies of one who was known as the serpent. The serpent, remember, came and contradicted what God said. God said, um, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die, and dying thou shalt die. Genesis 2 and 17. And this evil serpent came along and contradicted that word and told Adam and Eve not to listen to God. The serpent questioned the word of God. Hath God said, um, uh, ye shall not die. And of course, he's still flagging up the same question. He uh, admits and casts doubt on the word of God. That's a favorable, favorable method of attack. He wants you to doubt the word of God. He wants you to disobey the word of God. He tells you it'll not do you any harm. It's only a, a little thing. 
But Adam and Eve discovered that this was a dangerous, deadly, disobedient thing to do. Why is there death in the world? Why is there disease in the world? Why is there despair in the world? Why is there depravity and wickedness in the world? Well, here's the answer tonight. And the answer is found in the word of God. Let the Bible speak. Romans 5 and 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Sin can be traced back to the Garden of Eden. Sin is a terrible disease, the worst plague of all. What is sin? Sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of, law of God. Do you know that sin is the transgression of the law of God? It involves disobedience. The Bible says whatsoever is not a faith of sin, so unbelief is sin. The Bible says all unrighteousness is sin. Not loving God is sin. Not listening to God as creator and maker and redeemer is sin. Knowing to do good and doing it not. Knowing that you should repent and turn to God and, and, and refusing to repent, rebelling and turning away from him. That is sin. You've got to think of the start of COVID-19. Think of the start of sin. Think of the spread of COVID-19. You know, right from the start, COVID-19 was a highly transmissible disease to humans. Why did COVID-19 spread so quickly around the world? I believe it all stemmed from the Chinese New Year. Five million left Wuhan province. They traveled all over China and all over the world. So it spread rapidly and quickly. It spread to more than 80 countries. And as I've already indicated, it's now in all the major cities and towns and villages throughout the Western world and beyond. You think of worldwide, 98.8 million positive cases. And if you come into close contact with an individual who has COVID-19 and he sneezes near you, or he coughs near you, or he coughs into his hand and touches your hand or touches his own eyes and nose and mouth. You see, that's why people are encouraged to stop touching their faces. That's why people were encouraged to keep washing their hands. That's why people were told, if you feel unwell, then isolate. Because it spreads quickly and it spreads rapidly from individual to individual. In other words, it has spread quickly and rapidly all over the world. And again, I was thinking of sin. Sin's affected the whole world. There's not one home in any city, town, village, or hamlet that has escaped the ravages of sin. The Bible says for all under sin, even those that live in a cave, those monks and nuns that live in a monastery on the top of a mountain, were all affected by this horrible disease called sin. Listen to the word of God in Genesis 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And he repented the Lord that he had made man in the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. And over there in Psalm 51 and verse 5, the psalmist said this, Psalm 51 verse 5. Let me read the context. David's been backslidden for 11 months. He's repented. He's getting right with the Lord. This is his prayer of confession. 
He says in verse 4, Against thee, thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Listen to verse 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. David was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. In other words, it was transmitted at conception. It was transmitted when he was born into this world as a baby. He was born with a sin principle, born with a sinful bias against God. Eight billion people in the world that are born into the world are born sinners before God, all under sin. And we need to be honest about that. And we need to have humility in relation to that. Think not only of the start and spread of COVID-19, but think of the symptoms of COVID-19. What are the symptoms of COVID-19? A high temperature, a new constant continual cough, a loss of taste, a loss of smell, a deep reddish tongue with like a white coat on it, difficulty breathing, severe chest pains, feeling that you can hardly move a muscle in your body, you, you ache from head to toe as if you've been run over by a steamroller. And I want to say tonight, listen to me carefully, friends. If you suspect that you have any of those symptoms that I have mentioned, contact the doctor immediately. Phone the hotline. Please stay at home. Please isolate from other families. Get medical help. You see, what I want to say tonight is this. That sin affects people. Just like COVID-19 affects people. How does it affect people? It affects people that renders them spiritually dead. Ephesians 2 and 1. And you have they quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. In other words, the dead sinner has no spiritual life and no spiritual strength to save himself. You can talk of the things of God and of the Lord Jesus. You can talk about heaven and hell and about salvation, but he's not interested. Do you know why he's not interested? Well, the Bible tells us, Ephesians 2 and verse 12, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Because you're spiritually dead, you're without Christ. Because you're spiritually dead, you have no hope. Because you're spiritually dead, you're without God in this world. You have no interest in the things of God. A corpse has no life. Not only are you spiritually dead, but you're spiritually darkened. In the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, a verse that I referred to this morning, it says this, listen to the word of God, Ephesians 4, 18, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. They're spiritually blind. They can't see it. They, they boast, I'm so good. I belong to my church. I'm kind. I'm honest. I give to my neighbor. But they can't see their sin. They, 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 they can't see the need of their soul. They, they, they can't see their need of Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior. They don't see their need to repent and believe the gospel. Why? Because their heart is spiritually blind. Their mind is darkened. Not only are they spiritually dead and spiritually darkened, but they're spiritually deaf. You can sing and shout and speak to a corpse, but a corpse that's dead is also deaf. In other words, he's got no spiritual ears to hear. He can hear the truth of the gospel, but there's no impact upon them. 
He's not listening in any way. He has no fear of the things of God. He's not only dead and darkened and deaf, but he's spiritually depraved. I've already read Genesis 6 and verse 5 to you. Listen to it again. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Over in the book of Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 1, and in the verse 6, the prophet Isaiah said this. Listen to the word of God. Isaiah 1 and 6. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Jeremiah said, the heart is deceitful and above all things desperately wicked. Who can know it? You see, every aspect of your entire being, from your head to the foot, has been affected by this ravage of disease called sin. Your will has been affected. Your intellect, your emotions, your mind, the whole of your being has been affected. And not only are spiritually dead and spiritually darkened and spiritually deaf and spiritually breathed, but you're spiritually determined that you don't need Christ. You've got this DIY attitude. Do it yourself. You live for self. And you have this mindset that by the works of your hands and your good deeds and by your church, maybe by your pastor, by your priest, that, that you make it all the way to heaven. And therefore you refuse the call of God and the gospel to repent and believe. And you don't know the scripture that says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. I want you to think also tonight about the seriousness of COVID-19. You see, many deny that COVID-19 is real. I want to say tonight it's a real virus. I want to say tonight it's a deadly virus. If we take 100 people, 90 of those people could have mild symptoms of COVID-19. Five, six, seven could be severe. And two or three will be critical. It'll be life-threatening. They'll have to be admitted to ICU. And to me, that's a picture of the human heart. And a picture of the life of men and women before God in general. In January the 9th, the first official death recorded was in Wuhan, a 60-year-old man. I asked the question already, why did it take the Chinese Communist Party 12 more days to admit human-to-human -human transmission? I don't believe that man was patient zero. I believe they're covering something up that they have questions to answer. Here's the seriousness of this. The Bible tells us in James 1 and 5, sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. And people can live in sin and just have mild manifestations of it. In others it can be severe. In others it can be critical so they become drunken and drug addicts and wife beaters and murderers and thieves and whoremongers and liars. But eventually sin when it is finished Brings us all to the point of death. Why is there death in the world? Let's not make light of it. Let's not lose sight of it. Let's not deny it. Let's face up to this reality. The seriousness of COVID-19. Let me think also tonight of stopping COVID-19. 
those who have tested positive have to undergo isolation, keep away from people and areas. They have to separate, constantly washing their hands. You know, touch this or that if you've got COVID-19. Take whatever medicines available and explore the possibility of the vaccine. You see, you think of the stopping of sin, this disease that can destroy life and damn the soul. Well, there's only one answer, and that's in the gospel. That's in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He himself said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And the ground of the blood of Christ is the ground of our pardon, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. That's the facts. Remember the facts of COVID-19. I want you to do something else as we think about our text. Remember our text says, and the plague break in upon them. Rediscover our focus. What is the primary goal of the church in all of this pandemic? We're now in the third lockdown. This plague that has swept the world, stopped the world in its tracks, rocked the world. Is there an answer? What is the church to do? Well, let's remember this. We must do all that we can to advance the gospel and present Jesus Christ as the only answer for the need of man. Let's not make light of the gospel. I believe even at this time that God is working in different ways. He's using our church website, our YouTube channel. He's using our Facebook page. He's using it as a new means for us to preach Christ and Him crucified. It's true that we see this plague as a judgment upon the nation, and I have no doubt that it is. But in the midst of it, we've still got to do all that we can to preach and present the gospel. I don't just see this plague as a judgment upon the nations. I see it also as a judgment upon the church. Remember in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17 it says, listen to these words, look at them on the screen. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? You see, when we think of that, that judgment must begin at the house of God, we should direct our focus to be found doing what the Lord wants us to do. Let's not be preoccupied with temporal things. Let's not be distracted with the outbreak of this plague. Yes, we have duties at home, duties at work, duties at school and university. But, but let's not be so preoccupied with this virus and crippled with fear of this virus. Because that fear is real, that fear is palpable. That, that fear is, is crippling people that they won't leave their house. I believe that it's an opportunity for us to seek the Lord and pray to him to advance his cause. Let us rediscover our focus on eternal things. We're so prone to get out of focus. 
Let, let us repent before the Lord and to seek his face. Let us be humble and honest with him. Let's tell the Lord we need you, Lord. Let's not be so independent that we don't feel our need of him. Let us strive to fulfill that great commission. Remember, we serve the Lord Christ in the midst of trials, in the midst of our heartaches, in the midst of tears, in the midst of our crosses that we have to bear. We still must serve the Lord Christ. We, we glorify God in serving him. And that's rediscovering our focus. And that's another lesson from COVID-19 one year on. That's what we've been seeking to do here in Carried Off FPC. And let me suggest a third lesson tonight. Reaffirm our faith. It tells us there in the book of Mark, in Mark chapter 11, and in the uh, verse uh, 22, it says, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Let's reaffirm our faith objectively. Our faith in Christ. Christ, remember, was born for us sinners. He lived a sinless life for us sinners. He died for us sinners. He paid the price for us at Calvary in the shedding of his blood. He made us his own by calling us unto himself through repentance and faith. We are his adopted sons and daughters. We are his children. And what does he want us to do? He wants us to, to uh, live for him. He wants us to love him with our heart and soul and mind and strength. He wants us to learn from him. He wants us to lean on him. He wants us to be loyal to him. Remember Matthew 6 and 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. The kingdom of God is the reign and rule of God in the heart, the reign and rule of grace now, the reign and rule of glory that's yet to come. It's been shut up to the Lord that we make a conscious decision by the grace of God that I'm going to live for the Lord in the midst of this plague. I'm going to love my Lord. I'm going to learn from him. I'm going to lean on him. I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to be loyal to him. See, this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. Our treasure is laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The Savior beckons us from heaven's open door. And we can't feel at home in this world anymore. And what are we to do in this world? We're to have faith in God. But not only objectively, but subjectively we feel the thrill of this in our heart in the midst of this plague with all its outbreak I can trust him and, and in trusting to him myself and my soul that's what keeps me going life is complex life is hard there's many injustices not only in the eastern world in Asia but there's many injustices in the Western world. There's political corruption even in our own land. Political misinformation. And what are we to do? We're to keep on living for, loving, learning from, leaning on, listening to, being loyal to our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what true faith is. It's forsaking all. I'm trusting him. That's what faith is. Forsaking all, I trust him. Or forsaking all, I take him. 
And we're going to trust the Lord as we preach the word of God. We're going to trust the Lord as we practice our uh, uh, faith and reaffirm that faith before him. I believe that's what the Lord wants us to do as his people at this time. I commend these three lessons to you. Let's remember the facts. Let's not be waylaid by political corruption or political misinformation. Let's stick to the facts. Let's rediscover our focus. Let's focus on the Lord. And let's reaffirm our faith and say to individuals, have faith in God. So I say to you tonight, if you're without Christ, have you faith in Christ? Is he your Lord and Savior? Do you know him as the shepherd and bishop of your soul? Are you saved tonight? Are you born again? Are you washed in the blood? Have you come to him and said, Lord, I'm a sinner and need to be saved. Save me, I pray in Jesus' name. I trust that you'll do that. And if you're a Christian and you're struggling, then whatever, in the midst of your struggles, then I say to you, you still have faith in God. Discover what he wants you to do. And at the heart of it, make a decision. Through faith, by the grace of God, I'm going to live for him, love him, lean on him, learn from him, be loyal to him. And advance his kingdom. Own his righteousness. And allow everything else that you need to be added to you. The Lord bless you tonight. Thank you for listening.